0: Welcome to the Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, what does loose change and a small space have to do with calling someone? That's right, we'll be talking about telephone booths. The gone show. And now, joining the world and beyond from The Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of The Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Good evening, and thanks for joining us for The Gone Show. Tonight, I'm here with Jay Stewart, John Mad Jack Mitten, and Conroy Pike. Jay is a brain in a jar. Hello. John passed away in the United Kingdom in the first half of the 19th century, and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. Hello, you, and you, and you, and you, listeners. And Conroy is known far and wide as the world's greatest courier. It's good to be here. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about something that, for as long as I can remember, I've actually wanted to have in my living room. "'Let me guess a lovely lady.'" No, that's not what I'm talking about. Tonight, we're going to be talking about telephone booths. Now that I think about it, those have become something of a rarity, haven't they? And you said that you've always wanted to have one in your living room. Yeah, if I ever had a living room that was big enough, I always thought that it'd be cool to have one. Don't you own one of those? Ew, what the devil is their name? Pocket Tokus, cool, Pocket Talker. Are you talking about a cell phone? Yes, that's it. Yeah, I have a cell phone. I just think a telephone booth would look cool in a house. So you wouldn't even use it? No. So it would just sit there and take up space? Yeah, but don't worry. It could never replace you, John. Ew, very drool. In the right space, I could see a telephone booth as a very fun conversation piece. Uh, Have I ever told? everyone about the voice in the second street telephone booth. The voice in the second street telephone booth? No, I don't think so. Based upon my understanding of telephone booths, it's not unusual for there to be a voice inside of one. Yes, but this voice was different on second street not too far from where my offices were located there was a telephone booth It looked ordinary enough, but every once in a while, the telephone inside would ring, and if you answered, you would hear a voice on the other end. Once again, very much in keeping with my understanding of telephone booths, and this voice would ask you if you wanted to know how you would die. Ew, there's a distinction. That's horrible. To paraphrase a quote by John Donne, for whom the telephone rings it rings for thee. And this voice was accurate? As a matter of fact, absolutely not. The voice was absolutely unreliable. In fact, it became a joke around the office. Every day people would ask each other whether they had found out from the voice in the telephone booth the manner in which they were going to pass on. What exactly did these prognostications sound like? Uh, This voice became something of local curiosity, and it just so happens I was asked to be a part of a news story about it that aired on the radio. If you're able to give me a moment, one of my assistants should be able to send you a copy that we made of the original recording. Definitely, that'd be awesome to hear. So, while Jay gets us a copy of that, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Milk chocolate, white chocolate, dark chocolate, it's always the same old thing. There are no surprises in the world of chocolate, until now, because now there's Chocolate. Chocolate is the world's first and only electrified chocolate. A chocolate bar might look like your average chocolate bar, but you'll notice that there are holes at the end of each chocolate bar. And, when you push the two prongs at the base of your chocolate bar power stick into those holes and take a bite, you'll definitely notice that this isn't your average bar of chocolate. By using the chocolate bar power stick to eat your chocolate bar, you'll experience the rush of 5 milliamps delivered directly to your mouth through our delicious milk chocolate, making your taste buds tingle like never before. And best of all, you can plug your chocolate bar power stick into the electrical outlet of any home or your car's power port. It's great for adding a little spark to your commute. Try chocolate today. Chocolate is old, but chocolate is current. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Joining me in the studio for tonight's episode is Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Conroy Pike. And tonight's topic is telephone booths. And during the break, one of Jay's assistants emailed me a copy of a radio news broadcast about a telephone booth and our own Jay Stewart. Uh, yes, it's my 15 minutes of fame. Well, let's give it a listen. And I'm here on 2nd Street, downtown, where there sits a nondescript telephone booth. Yes, an ordinary-looking telephone booth, that symbol of contemporary communication available to all passers-by for a nickel. But this particular telephone booth has gained some local notoriety, not for the calls made from it, but for the calls it receives. Many people have claimed that at certain times each and every day, the telephone in this booth will ring. And if you pick up, you're likely to hear a voice. A voice that will claim to know the specifics of your demise. And here with me, now, to pick up, should it ring, is area businessman, Jay Stewart, who walks past this telephone booth to and from his business offices every weekday. Mr. Stewart, have you ever answered the call and heard the voice in question? Uh, No, this would be my first time. And there it is, the ringing of the telephone, right on time perhaps as reliable as death itself. And, Mr. Stewart, for the benefit of our listeners, I'll ask you to pick up the telephone and allow us to listen in on whatever transpires. Of course. I will now warn all of you listening. What you are about to hear may very well shock you. Hello. Hello. Would you like to know the secrets of your death? Would you like to know how you will die? Yes, please. Yes, I see it. I see your future. Tomorrow you will go water skiing. You will go water skiing and the driver of your speedboat will begin to choke on a French burnt peanut. This will cause you to lose your balance and you'll fall off your skis into the water, and there you'll meet a fate worse than death. But also death, make no mistake, a snapping turtle will tear into one of your major arteries and you will drown, unable to be rescued by the driver who will be preoccupied by the peanut lodged in his or her throat. Ooh. And you're uncertain as to whether the driver of the speedboat will be male or female? Oh, yes, that information has been clouded by the forces of foresight for some greater cosmic purpose. Ooh. I see. Well, thank you very much for the information. Oh. And know that knowing your future will not empower you to change it. This knowledge is yours to bear on your inexorable journey to the grave. Thank you again. Goodbye. Mr. Stewart, you've just been told that for you, tomorrow holds water skiing, a snapping turtle, and a grizzly end. How do you feel, sir? Oh, I feel fine. I don't know how to water ski. Well, Mr. Stewart, I hope you'll take no offense when I say that. I hope you're not a quick learner. And there you have... Talk about a blast from the past. Uh, Yes, it does bring back memories. I sounded so young. Out of curiosity, were they ever able to find out who it was who was making those calls? Uh, Yes, eventually. Which, in all honesty, spoiled some of the magic. And was this person insane? According to doctors. Well, all's well that doesn't end as predicted, I always say. All right. Thanks for sharing that, Jay. Now, moving on to the history of the telephone booth, the world's first coin-operated payphone was invented in 1889 by William Gray, with George Alexander Long, who was only 16 years old at the time, having constructed the first model from Gray's design. And based upon what I read, this wasn't Gray's first successful invention. Prior to that, he had invented an inflatable chest protector for baseball catchers that was put into use. It sounds as though, when it came to his inventions, he rarely struck out. Ew, for the love of. So Gray's Invention, the first coin-operated payphone, was placed in a bank building in Hartford, Connecticut. Now, this payphone wasn't enclosed in a booth, but obviously it paved the way for what we think of when we think of a telephone booth. Another interesting fact I came across is that when using the first coin-operated payphones, you would pay for the call after making it. The call would end, and an operator would tell you, over the phone, what coins needed to be deposited. The coins would hit a bell inside the payphone, and by the sound of the bell, the operator could determine exactly what coins had been deposited, and consequently, how much money had been paid. Where would we be without the honor system? Based upon my research, by... Nineteen o two, there were already more than eighty thousand payphones in the U S, and the first outdoor coin-operated payphone was installed in Cincinnati in nineteen o five. Well, that took off rather quickly, didn't it? Yeah. Now, speaking specifically about telephone booths, there was no real standardization when it came to their design. But from what I found here in America, telephone booths. Tend to measure approximately 3 feet wide, 3 feet deep, and 7 feet tall. Uh, Now, if I remember correctly, wasn't there a fad known as phone booth stuffing? Yeah, I ran across that in my research. In the 1950s, it was a somewhat popular thing to do to see how many people you could fit into a telephone booth to quote Chekhov voluntary confinement is a great deal harder to bear than compulsory. Now, moving ahead in time, I found that in 1999, here in the U.S., there were about 2 million telephone booths. But, as of a couple of years ago, there were only about 100,000 phone booths left. Across the pond, in your old stomping grounds, John, the U.K. once had more than 90,000 telephone booths. Known they as telephone boxes or kiosks, but today that number has dropped to around 40,000, with approximately 7,000 of those being the red, stately-looking telephone boxes that have become something of an icon there. Needless to say, the decrease in the number of telephone booths is the result of more and more people having cell phones, or as some people call them, pocket talkers. I'm afraid to say that I've never used one of my country's telephone boxes. After the show, maybe I'll materialize inside of one and scare the knickers off someone. Just be sure to look before you materialize because you might just find yourself inside one that's been turned into a shop. Indeed. And would you mind explaining yourself in a light-hearted but informative way for both me and listeners? Sure. Thanks for asking. In doing my due diligence, I found that in the UK, a lot of those iconic red telephone boxes are being made available to people to use as small stores, bookshops, photo booths. One charity even uses them to store defibrillators to have on hand in case of nearby heart attacks. That seems like a good way to repurpose those. Yeah, I thought it was a great idea. Better than just throwing them away, especially for how neat-looking they are. I'll try for one with a defibrillator in it, just in case I scare a real pussy cat. All right, well, that just about does it. Any final thoughts on the telephone booth before we end tonight's show? Uh, Just be sure to let us know if you ever get one for your living room. I'll bring a roll of nickels to celebrate. Sounds good. To my guests and listeners, thank you. And until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gon Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gon Show was a presentation of Boomtube B O O M T O O B. All rights are reserved. Visit Boomtube online at Boomtube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.